Welcome back into the STJ Preps podcast here on SiouxCityJournal.com. Thank you so much for listening for yet another week. My name is Zach James. I am the assistant sports editor here at the Sioux City Journal. And joining me, as always, this week is Justin Rust, sports editor of the Journal. Coming up in this week's podcast, we'll break down some of the uh, metro and area teams that are doing well in the area in both boys basketball and girls basketball. We'll also talk a little bit of wrestling as Sergeant Blue Fluton uh, accomplished a pretty nice feat on Thursday night. As the snow approaches here, uh, we're going to break down some basketball here. So if you're snowed in over the weekend, stay safe, be safe, stay warm, and uh, sit back and relax for the next 35 to 40 minutes as uh, we break down some pretty good basketball in the area. Justin, let's start off with the bo- on the boys' side. And let's start in the Metro and, and talk about Sioux City East for a couple minutes. They lost uh, to Council Bluffs Abraham Lincoln on Tuesday night by a final score of 59-51. to uh, Savion Armstrong, I think, led the Black Raiders for 22 points. Uh, Jolique Dunson had 10 points. Danny Callahan had 12. Um, Josh Dix, sophomore for Lincoln, went off in the, in the fourth quarter. I think he had 17 alone in that fourth quarter. But I think the bigger story here for the Black Raiders is that this is the first time in the Ras Vanderloo era, which is nine years, nine plus years, I should say, that the Black Raiders have lost back-to-back games in a single season. And we, we both come from programs in the state that, that obviously has experienced multiple back-to-back losses when we were in high school and since we've graduated. So maybe it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, but, my but, team was lucky to get back-to-back wins yeah, at Central well, Line, Georgia La Rock when yeah. I was in school. And that's when we had Michael Kling. Kling. Yes. So, so, yes, back-to-back losses were very common. So while my girl. point is, while other programs out from the outside looking in, they say, well, pity the smallest violin in the world sings for you, Sioux City East. I think this is kind of a unique thing for East to go through. And while most programs, well, many, not many programs experience seasons where they don't experience back-to-back losses, one that speaks to the success that the Black Raiders have had in the last nine years. And two, that kind of speaks to, I think, the parity that um, high school boys basketball has at all levels over here on the western side of the state. That's more than 180 games, by the way, to put that in perspective. And, the, and more than 180 games is the first time that he's had back-to-back losses. That's unbelievable. So, yeah, that's that's pretty incredible when you think about it. I mean, like, may, maybe you lose two out of three, but not the back-to-backs. That, that's the thing. that They've been always shown the ability to bounce back, or they've always had strong teams. So it just goes to his coaching and, and, and such, and it's something new for them to figure out. It's not like they played two chumps. They played right. Yankton. And they played Abraham Lincoln. But it's not the first time they've played two tough games back to back either. So right. you know, you gotta think there's been some some times they've had to play West and play Bishop Helan. Or play Bishop Helan and play another ranked team. You know, so there's times they've had to do this and he's, they've always bounced back. So I think it's a very impressive stat that that's the first time he's lost back to back games in his his nine years at East. It kind of shows the coaching job and and the kids that have come through East, too. So. It shows a ton about the East program. It shows, one, the talent that has gone through there. And, and there have been plenty of good athletes that have come through the East boys' basketball program and the girls' basketball program, too. 
Two, it shows the character of the program. It shows the commitment of the program. It shows that the kids aren't just interested from November to late March. I think this is a year-round deal. I think this is a type of program that these kids are serious about basketball in the area. And when you have a coach like Ross Vanderloo, why wouldn't you? But I, I think it shows to the character and the commitment of the program. And we have to get does show Mr. Vanderloo's ability to coach. I, I absolutely do. I, I absolutely believe he is one of the best coaches on between the two major rivers. I believe that if he wanted to go coach a college program, I think he absolutely could. But I think his passion is youth basketball, high school basketball specifically, because I believe he coaches at the 16U, 15U level for USA Basketball too. So just for him to stay at that level and to want to craft high school teams to the level he has in the last nine years, it speaks to everything that the East program has been able to do the last nine years, whether it ends in a state title or not. Yeah, definitely. I mean, his, his family loves basketball too as well. So yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's a family thing for him as well. So, yeah, and his wife, you know, loves that he does it. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say loves that he does it. Allows him to do it. Yes. And, and she must like that he does it at some point to allow him to do it so much. But, yeah, so. But now they have to figure out how to, how to bounce back after back-to-back yes. losses to a Yankee team that's, that was ranked number one, an AL team that wasn't ranked in the top ten. They were ranked in my top ten. Uh, <laughs> humble brag. Um, I think they were ranked they, in my top ten, too. Yeah, now, now they face a Lamar's team that – has won seven straight. Yeah. So, now, uh, I mean, now, now they have to face a team that's about as red hot as anyone in the MRAC mm-hmm. right now. So, another tough task coming up on Saturday. If that game happens, which I, well, play it well. But um, if not, they'll reschedule it, of course, in some MRAC game. But, yeah, now, now you have a tough Lamar's team, and now you got to figure out how to, how to handle the Bulldogs. And I'm glad you mentioned Lamar's, too, because as Roz and I were um, ending our conversation on the record the other night, in the locker room, um, he mentioned Lamar's, and he mentioned that Lamar's isn't just going to come into East Gym and just lay down. He knows what Lamar's has been able to do this year. He's aware that Lamar's is on a seven-game winning streak, and he was impressed that that Lamar's came to town and beat a gritty West team by three points, and and that this these seven wins that the Bulldogs have been able to pull off a little bit. Um, beating North by 30, beating Sioux Center by uh, multiple points, Unity by multiple points. They haven't really had a close game outside of that West win on Tuesday night by a final of 63-60. to So it'll be interesting for the Bulldogs to see if they can sustain and kind of hold off um, that three-headed monster of Dunson, Armstrong, and Callahan. And they have their own three-headed monster themselves of Mackey, Dreckman, and Toki. So I, I'm just wondering if Lamar's three-headed monster can kind of uh, duke it out with East three-headed monster, and whether they can or not. If Lamar's can even play with East for three, three and a half quarters, I consider that a step moving forward for the Bulldogs. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, this will be easily the toughest team they've played during this streak um, in that aspect. Uh, so, and it's in Sioux City as well. So. It'll be interesting. Spencer Mackey's been good all year. Mm-hmm. He, he's a very quality kid. He only there's only three of ten shooting there tonight, but he also had eight rebounds. So, he, 
I'm sorry, he was six of eight from the free throw line. Is what I should say. I looked at that wrong, but you know, and Jackson Bumgarner eight rebounds in that game, six assists. So he's doing a lot of little things too. Um, Isaiah Toki's been good. He's mm-hmm. been their third leading scorer. Alec Dreckman has really stepped up in his junior year. He's not a guy that did much last year, but he's really stepped up. And you know, Spencer Mackey has, has been an athlete for Spencer all year and was last year as well. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they guard, how, who matches up against who in the East and if they run the zone or man. I'm guessing they'll run the zone. Um, but see how they see who guards um, uh, uh, Dunson, see who guards Armstrong. Um, it'll be interesting to see the matchups there too. And I think East has a little more length, but Lamar's isn't lacking length by any, no. uh, by any means either. So it, it, it's, it's an intriguing matchup going up here. You know, East really needs a win. Lamar's is looking for a prove it win because while it's a good winning streak, this is by far the best team they faced during it. So it's one team needing a win and one team that needs that prove it win. So without doing a deep dive comparison on Abraham Lincoln and Lamar's, I think Lamar's just had, had just as good athletes as Lincoln does. And like you said, I think they have just as much length. And the reason I bring that up is Lincoln played man the entire night. And I think, obviously, teams that have the capability that have the players to do it, East State's a beatable team when you play man-to-man, even though they have Armstrong, Dunson, and Callahan. So maybe Lamar's could try out in a little bit of man. I'm not saying play man for all 32 minutes, but... I think Lamar does have enough length, enough athleticism, and enough experience for the Bulldogs to kind of try out man and mix up a man and zone. And maybe that fouls up um, East a little bit because I have seen teams this year that have got thrown off of uh, opposing defenses going back and forth between man and zone. And uh, obviously East is a formidable team. So if, if East – I mean, sorry, if Lamar's wants to try – uh, mix of man and zone. I don't think that's a bad idea. No, no, and I like I like mixing up defense too because your team can handle that. Really keeps the other team at bay. Mixing up defenses, so so we see it'll be interesting. And I'm guessing Lincoln played man tonight against against. Uh, yep. Um, Bishop Heelan in a game they only won by two points. Where yeah. Heelan held Lincoln to five points, and knowing Andy Foster's team, they played as tough as defense they could. Um, Foster always loves playing tough defense. He coaches very good defense. I almost wonder what that defense would be like with Brant Hogue in it. Um, yeah. He's out for the year, of course. So um, he's actually been on the bench for them. He's, he's, been, he's been helping coach a little bit too, which I'm not surprised at all. But, but he's a really smart kid. So, so, so. when I saw Brant um, at the Tyson Event Center for the Sinos Classic, he was in a really nice uh, shirt and tie, really yeah. nice slacks. And I'm like, are you trying to be a coach? At the next level, are you sure you want to play baseball? Because he looks really nice in his shirt and tie. So well, compliments to his compliments <laughs> to his parents there. But um, he wouldn't he wouldn't be the first Heelan kid lately to uh to or he wouldn't be the first one at Heelan. I shouldn't say Heelan kid. He wouldn't be the first college athlete Heelan assistant coach because Dion Claiborne is an assistant coach for the uh, uh, Heelan wrestling team. Okay, okay, so. but but it was just you're right. It is we're seeing Brant Hogue on the bench and shirt and tie with an iPad on his lap, trying to keep track of stats. And you're right. If Brant was healthy, if he was part of this defense, I have <laughs> sorry, I absolutely would think that he would present uh, present another element to the Crusaders defense. But going back to that um, Lincoln Healing game from Thursday night, and I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I, I did get the chance to talk to Fosty on Thursday night after the game. We talked on the phone for about eight to ten minutes, 
and I wanted to know why Keelan was so successful against Lincoln. And I, he said it was more offensively because Lincoln um, spread out their man-to-man. They did play man for most of the night. But um, Lincoln was meeting um, Keelan's guards 25 feet out. Now, I don't mind aggressive defenses if they work, but Keelan was able to find an opening down low and get open opportunities in the lane, and I still have their stats up. They shot. They were able to get to the rim, and they were got fouled, and they took advantage of their free throw opportunities, shooting 18 to 25. Now, granted, if they had made up those seven points, they would have beaten Lincoln. I get that. But for a team to realize the situation of a game against a good team like Lincoln, that's a credit to Heelan. And, yeah, Heelan played – um, uh, physical defense as well, and Foster was impressed by it. But I think this is, I think this is a moral victory for these Crusaders. I think, like Foster said, I think the Crusaders are really close. Yeah. I think they're right on that edge of figuring everything out. And once they do, who knows? Maybe they make a run in the three A in their three A district, depending on who's in their district. I, I, I think I agree with Foster. I think the Crusaders are really close from figuring it out, even with probably the best athlete in the entire school sitting on the bench in a certain time. Yeah, and that's you know that's something that I was concerned coming into the season. Who was going to do scoring? Who was going to do what? You lose Branton Hogan. It, you know, Cole Hogan stepped up and got some points and some rebounds. And this is a team that started 1-5 and five to start at the beginning of the season. Yes, two of their next three wins were against Jefferson. But you win the games. you, you got to win the games. Yep. That you're playing, they did, and they got a win over South Sioux. Also, is winless too, and so there's a combined two wins between those three games. But still, you played Abraham Lincoln twice, and you might have gotten some confidence in those three games to really start building on something. Because this team had a long way to go in the season. Mm-hmm. Started, it really did. Um, but I, I, you know, playing trainer to ten points isn't too bad either. You know, trainer's a top five team right now. So I just. Then losing by 11 to East, that's not a horror. I mean, no, it's not. So there's something here. There's something. There's a dynamic here that, that can be built on. Let's see. I'll and see if they can. You know, he says they're close. It could be something where they stay close the whole year or they figure out. I'm, I'm waiting to see if they figure it out. Um, and I, I don't know. I think part of it's coaching is they're better as a team right now because of coaching. I, I give I give Andy Foster a lot of a lot of credit. For I that, give him so. a ton of credit. Yeah, I give I give Foster a lot of credit for that. He's, He's great with the kids. I mean, he can relate to him. He can be tough when he needs to be. You know, he, he's just a really good guy all around. So mm-hmm. I've got, I've gotten along with Fosty pretty well. Yep, I've so talked right. to him. I, I, I can see, I can see why the kids like him. So, yeah, yeah, I absolutely I also, do I also too. never want to try and box out against him one because <laughs> I'm horrible at basketball, and two because he's probably really good at it. So and yeah. and when when he played at Northern State, I should yes, say. I was yeah. just about to say he played for Don Meyer for God's sake. Yeah, I, think, I know I think... exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And he played at a very good high school program in Caledonia, Minnesota. Yes, which, he did. Which, granted, granted, Caledonia isn't what they – I don't know if Caledonia was as good as they are now. And the only reason I know that Caledonia is good is because I, they're near lacrosse and I came from lacrosse. But coming from a town like that, that town has won, I think, six straight football championships to date. Yeah. Yeah, that town knows what it's doing in terms of athletics. If, you, if you're from a town like that, you know how to be successful. And granted – the Crusaders haven't necessarily seen that this year, but I think in the grand scheme of things, especially with the launch on Thursday night, 
I, I do think they have seen a little bit of success. Now, another thing, too, that Fossey pointed out, that I think I don't think the Crusaders have done much this year, maybe in the East game, maybe in the game against Wets, too, was finding ways to stay within reach in the fourth quarter. Fossey made a point of that, too, and obviously the Crusaders were tonight, but on Thursday night, rather, but Maybe that's 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 the key that you were talking about. Maybe that's the turning point for the Crusaders. Can they stay competitive for 24, 27 minutes to give them confidence to say, hey, we can do this. We only got five to eight minutes to go to just, A, either keep the lead or tie the lead or take the lead. So maybe if they start out faster, which I know is easier said than done with a team like this. Um, but maybe maybe that is it. Maybe that is the big key that the Crusaders are looking for just to stay within arm's length in the fourth quarter. And granted, they do have some close losses. They don't have any blowouts. Maybe Lamar's on January 13th, uh, December 13th, rather. But they don't have any lot. They, they haven't been blown out all that much. Maybe that's BL too. But they don't have that many blowout losses. No, they don't. And that, that's, that's really interesting to look at it, you know, and, They've kept it close, and I think, you know, that gives them, that builds up a little confidence there. So, speaking of teams with confidence, yes. South O'Brien coming off a nice victory over a, a number two ranked Remsen St. Mary's team on Monday, 45 44. And that, that avenges the loss that they had to Remsen St. Mary's, 51 to 40, back in December 13th. And they've got a one point loss to, to West Sioux, 55 54. The Wolverines came in number 10 in the rankings this week. I suspect they'll move up. However, I don't feel like voters reward teams that beat ranked teams enough. No, um, I don't either. I, Especially I, up here. Yeah, so um, no, I think it's all around. I really do think it's all around. Um, and so South O'Brien ranked 10th coming in, knocking off uh, Remsen St. Mary's and uh, they're, they're sitting there with only two losses right now on ranked and They've got West Sioux next Friday, then followed by Boyden Hall next Saturday, who, uh, uh, breaking news on you, I don't know if you saw, uh, Mm-mm. Boyden Hall beat MLC Floyd Valley tonight. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yep. And then no, that's kind of their two last big games there until the end of the season. They do have Hinton in there, but some of the other games are kind of games they should win. So what is your assessment of South O'Brien right now? They've got a really good player in Jackson Lauscher, but when they need other guys to step up, they have Zeke Lundquist and Tristan Wilson being the two I've really mm-hmm. heard a lot about. I mean, they're usually the ones when, when coach calls in, um, those are two right after Jackson that he's mentioning in double figures for, for Zeke and, and, and Tristan Wilson, who remember as a 2000 yard rusher in, in football season. So after, after Jackson Lauscher, this seems like a, a well-balanced team. You just took the words right out of my mouth. Every time that South O'Brien calls in their scores, by the way, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, to South, South O'Brien yes. and all the other schools that call in and do so too. If you want to send in your results and have any at scjsports at suecityjournal.com, we'd, we'd love to get your uh, games in in the paper or in the next day's paper if it comes down to that. But you are absolutely correct on this one. Every time we get a phone call in, it's Loucher, Lundquist, and Wilson. Now, granted, Lundquist and Wilson aren't averaging double figures entering Thursday night. Lundquist is right there averaging 9.8 points a game, but it is Loucher's team. I mean, he's shooting 57% right now entering Thursday night's game, 83-144. He's doing well for the line at 81%. Uh, Three-pointers, he's kind of struggling in, but 
but Coach Kyrie Yates kind of kind of expects that 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 three pointers but, weren't going to be weren't going to yeah. be this forte of this team. They're only shooting twenty three percent from deep, but because this team has the size that they have, up to six three, Wilson's and even six and one quits is six four. They had the size to attack down low, and if you had that size, take advantage of it. And I think that's exactly what they're doing. And with this winning streak that they're on right now, <laughs> excuse me, that they're winning on right now, Unity, the win against Unity, 69-61. You mentioned that win against Remsen on Monday night, uh, that 1.145-44, and then beating uh, Emmitsburg, 63-32. So those stats I've just mentioned off do include Thursday night's win against Emmitsburg. My apologies. But going into next week, I don't think they play Trinity Christian on Friday because of the winter storm. That's impending. But the schedule after that, Wetsu, Boyden Hole, now yeah, Hortley Melvin, Sanborn, and Galen. But those two big ones next yeah. next weekend. Wetsu, Boyden Hole, back-to-back games at Wetsu, at Boyden Hole. That's going to tell the story of this team, I believe. Yeah, I think so, too. And It'll come down to, I think, as much as we did mention the other guys, Jackson Lauscher, 91 free throws attempted, hitting 81% of his free throws, 74 of 91. You know, and he's got – he leads the team in rebounds with 76, and he only has 20 turnovers, and he's the main ball handler. He's got 50 That's assists. a good point, his, too. His turnover ratio is 5 to 2. His assist to turnover ratio is 5 to 2. And that's – and you mentioned getting it down low to Zeke. Zeke Lundquist is shooting 59%. Tristan Wilson is shooting 60%. Yes, they they could be better free throw shooters, but they're getting open. They're hitting their shots because Jackson found it because you can't – if you double him, he's able to find the pass yep. out of it to Zeke or Tristan Wilson, so it makes him that much harder to guard. Yeah. Alex, uh, Alex uh, Prestis, 8.1 points per game. He's shooting 55.7%. This team is shooting 49.4%, and a lot of it is because not just because Jackson Lauscher is making shots, it's because he's been able to distribute the ball well. And I should mention Zeke Lundquist also with 75 rebounds as well. So they do a lot of the little things outside of just Jackson scoring, and that's going to be the key against Westu because – Westu does a lot of little things. Right? Uh-huh. I, I do think Westu has the advantage in this game. It was a one-point game first time around, but Bryce Coppock's gotten more ingrained in this team. I'm, I'm really interested to see how that game goes. I, I do, have, I, I think Westu gets better with each game. To be, I think South O'Brien does too, but I think Westu really gets better with every game. So that'll be. I do too. I do too. Goes, but so. would you think that South O'Brien has improved since that season opening? Westu lots 55-54. Um, yes, but I don't think they've improved as much as Westu because Westu had a little bit of chemistry things to deal with, with with first game on the court with Bryce Coppock and Hunter Deckers and everyone. Now everyone kind of knows the feeling out through games. They, they they had plenty of practice time together in football as well. They had chemistry there, but once you get that first game, and I, I think I think Westu has improved a ton. Um, I think South O'Brien has too, but I think Westu's improved a little bit more. But South O'Brien has definitely improved since that first game, especially Zeke and Wilson, I feel. I know we weren't going to talk about Westu here, but I do have a devil's advocate question for you about the Falcons. Are the Falcons on a better path to a state championship right now in basketball than maybe they were at the halfway point during the football season? Uh, that's apples to oranges. It, it, it's, it's a tougher district. Um, winning against Remsen St. Mary is, is really good, but it, it's, it's tough to tell because their district was tougher than the War Eagle Conference, and that's saying something. Yeah, but, but West Sioux and Dakota Valley on Monday in Haywood. Yes, that's a very big game, too. That's a huge game. 
It'll be interesting to see how they guard Paul Bruns in that one. So, yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely. Moving on to the last boys uh, team now that we on have that note, team. I should say yes, Paul Bruns with 30, 36, yeah, 36 points in the night. Paul Bruns is just a phenomenon, folks. He's, yes, he got an offer from USF to, this past week. If you get a chance to watch Paul Bruns, go and watch Paul yes, Bruns. Yes, please. Yes, I was just about to say the same thing. If you have the chance to go to North Sioux City or anywhere else to go watch this young man play, please do. This Dakota Valley team. It's fun to watch. Another team we're going to talk about with Valley and its name is River Valley, and they're playing really well right now, too. Only a two-loss team, 8-2 and two on the season. They, uh, they played Westwood on Thursday night. I didn't, I didn't see a score of that game. I did see a girl score of that game, but didn't see a boy score from that game on Thursday night. But their schedule next week isn't, isn't a cakewalk either. Remsen on Monday, at Kingsley on Tuesday, and at River at um, at home against Lawton Bronson uh, next Friday. So uh, River Valley has a really deep team this year, and I think they're surprising a lot of people. Uh, Garrett Trapp is leading that team right now with 20.4 points per game. He's shooting at even 50%, 62, 124. Uh, Trapp is also, uh, he has 25 assists, he has 28 steals. And then Tyler Town uh, averaging 13.7 points per game, uh, shooting 52%, 53 at 101. He's also the team's leading rebounder by far with 104 rebounds. So I think he's averaging a double-double if my math serves me correctly here. Uh, 75 defensive rebounds, 29 offensive rebounds. Doesn't turn the ball over much with 17. He's got 13 assists. So uh, if I look at these stats, and I know, Justin, neither one of us has seen River Valley playing person, but it just seems like that trap in town is it's a good one two combination for right now for River Valley. Yeah, yeah and I, I was expecting Garrett Trapp to have a good season this year. He had a really good sophomore campaign, 15 points per game last year. I had to look it up because I remember his name from last year. How, what, did, what I was wondering coming into the season, would it be that number two guy this year? And Tyler Town has really. He, he's had a jump of seven points per game this season. He had a really good football season, too. He was an all Yeah, he did. I remember guy. that name. Yep. So, so yeah. So, uh, those two have really been a nice one-two combo punch. Not really shooting threes, but, you know, Garrett's getting in the line a bit. 69 times in the line. Tyler Towns rebounding at a better pace. He had 107 rebounds this year. He almost has more rebounds this year than last year. And so, they've, they've been able to get some steals, too. Garrett's got 28. Tyler's got 18. Colton Johnson's got 17. Tristan uh, Manman has 15. Uh, Bo Miller has 13. Austin Holtz, 10. Their defense has been the key there in forcing some turnovers, turning those into points, uh, getting, you know, not just having Garrett Trapp be the main guy on offense, but having Tyler Town do some things there. Because they really needed a number two next to him, and he's really delivered. And I think that's been crucial for this team. I think they've been able to find a way to score, but. In their win against Siouxland Christian, it was the defense. Um, holding Siouxland Christian to 41 points in that game, a team that hadn't been tested yet, and they gave them their first test, and River Valley got them. And you look at the steals. They had 15 steals in that game, four by Town, four by Trap, four by Johnson. So as, as good as Trap and Town have been, and Colton Johnson did have 10 points in that game, by the way, they've been able to get the steals, which has led to offense, which leads to a little more easy buckets for Garrett Trap and Tyler Town. I think that's the key right there. Their defense is leading to offense, and they're getting points off turnovers. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think the, that was the big win for River Valley to beat Siouxland Christian. And maybe it shows 
that Siouxland Christian's schedule isn't that, isn't that strong as it was. But this is a really big win for River Valley, and I think it, it's their signature win of the season as I look at their resume right here. And maybe yes. it builds, it gives them confidence moving forward. And they absolutely need it as they face Rims and St. Mary's on Monday. But I, I think this River Valley team has things figured out. Maybe they're a surprise team that makes it to a district final or even a sub-state final. Yep. And you said this week will be crucial for Rums and St. Mary's and Lawton Bronson. With Thielander back, Lawton Bronson is, is, a, is a very tough team. And um, Looking at a team that struggled this season, Spencer. And <laughs> Spencer tonight. Not on Thursday night, they didn't. Knocks off Algona. And this is a Spencer team that faced Sergeant Bluff Luton to get to state. Um, Penthouser is a very good coach there. He's been there for a long time. Um, and they'd been struggling this season. They were on a five-game losing streak coming in, uh, coming into the week. They beat Sheldon 62-33. Sheldon's having a rough year. Then you face Algona, who I can't I – mean, I had him ranked fifth. They're a top-five team. And they beat Algona in overtime. I believe it was overtime. No, it was regulation, 61 to 51. They beat a top five team by 10 points. And that's an incredible win for, for, for Spencer right there. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm going to say, I'm pretty sure Carter Penthouser had a really good game. He's averaging 18 points a game. Um, so I bet you Carter had a good game. I, I'm interested to see when we finally get the stats on that, what else happened after that. Cause, because to knock off Algona, that's, that, that's quite the tall task right there. And, and, I'm curious to know what Spencer did, and we haven't seen any stats, so we can't really break it down. But maybe, maybe that's one of these games, and we've I've seen it at the collegiate level. You've seen it at the collegiate level, where something just happens. It's just it's just magic. And maybe this is one of those magical wins for for Spencer, who now on a two game winning streak, beating Sheldon by thirty by about thirty. Five more twenty nine. Yeah, twenty nine. I suck at math. So maybe this kind of jumpstarts the Tigers going forward. They face, they go to Spirit Lake on Tuesday night, and they go to Western Christian on Friday. So it's not going to be an easy week for them next uh, week. A Western Christian team, they lost two by three points earlier in the year. Yeah, that's true. As well. Yeah, that's true. And only lost to East by 14 to start well, the season. Yeah, 14 is the best. But yeah, to start the season, especially what they didn't have back, I mean, that's not bad. They lost by one to Storm Lake. They lost by four to New Alfondo, who's, who's had a decent start to the season, too. So they did lose to Cherokee by 13, which is what the troubling score was there. So, But I guess I shouldn't say that. Cherokee has a five-game winning streak going on, and they are 9-4 and four in the season. So Cherokee's not bad, but... No, yeah, they're, so. no they're not bad. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what they do against Esterville, Lincoln Central, because that's a 500 team. So do you follow up a, a win against Algona with a disappointing game against Esterville, Lincoln and Central? And Spirit, Spirit Lake is having a decent season as well. I believe Spirit Lake only has three losses on the season, one coming on Tuesday to Rock Valley. They, so, you know, th- this is a tough week coming up. What do you do against Esterville, Lincoln Central, a team you should beat now? Then you have a three-loss Spirit Lake team. Then you have a pretty good – Western Christian team. So, what do you do against them? And and we'll see what we'll see. I don't know how good Boys Town is uh, either. There, I don't either. The Omaha either area. So I do not know. Um, so w- what does Spencer do during a busy week? They got they got uh, four 
Well, the Esterville Lincoln Central game is scheduled for tomorrow night, so probably not going to play that. To be no, that's why um, I skipped over that. For, yeah, yeah, good point. Um, but they do have, you know, Spirit Lake, Western Christian, Boys Town will be, will be a good gauntlet for them. We'll see how they come out of that. Then, then they got a rematch with Storm Lake, rematch with Cherokee, then they got Denison Flush Lake. So actually, that's a pretty tough six game stretch right there. So, yeah, it is a tough stretch, and but kudos to the Tigers for beating a really good Algona team the way that they did on. Thursday night. Let's switch over to the girls now, which you're listening to the. Oh, um, sorry, go I ahead. Do, I, I do want to mention, like I said, this this is something that we did not plan on. I saw it on Twitter as we were doing this. Um, I do want to mention Boyden Hall, Rock Valley knocking off MLC Floyd Valley tonight. Yeah, that's um, huge. That is that is a huge win for Boyden Hall. It is two ranked teams, I will say that, but that's a. I, Boyden Hall needed that win a little bit more than MLC Floyd Valley, to be honest. Yes, also, I can't I figure out my three A ballot. I'm just going to throw it in the fire. I'm going to throw my three A ballot in a fire. I'm going to burn it. It's never going to be seen later today. <laughs> I'm done voting for three A because uh, you look at it. MLC Floyd Valley lost. Algona lost. I didn't know who to put in my top ten after the top five anyway. So I, I don't either. And I'm looking at the three A so, field right now, and and so. I, I don't know either. Probably Marion because they beat Mount Vernon only by five, I, but that was only I, a five-point win. Well, but Mount Vernon's said, good, too. They're nine and two. Did you say they beat Mount Vernon? Yeah, 59-54. Mount Vernon's a top three team. Yep, yeah, yeah. And I just so thought about huge, that, too. So that's a huge win by Marion. That is a huge so win by Marion. Once again, throw, my, throw, throw the rankings to the fire in 3A. Mount, Mount Vernon loses to a Mar- I had Marion ranked 10th coming into the week. So I had... Let's see. Let's look at my uh, three. My, 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 my Good Carol, radio. I know. I apologize. I'm a radio professional. At breaking I, I, I of radio will, cardinal sins. Again, here. I apologize. This is kind of inside baseball for everyone too. But I will. I will go with a little bragging right now. I did have Carol number one. I did again. too. I did too. I went Carol, Mount Vernon, Algona, DCG, MOC, Assumption, Norwalk, Dewitt, Harlan, and Pella for my three eight. And and I I will say this. I had. Carol ranked number one before you did. Yes, you did because I did mine Monday afternoon at like well, two no, o'clock. because wasn't Carol the team that beat Winterset? Oh yeah, okay, I see what you mean now. Yeah, okay, if, if I see people what you mean now. people don't know this, but I gave Zach a hard time for for voting for Winterset ahead of Carol the, the week after that. He has since come to my side. Of the yes, life. yes, I so, think I think Carol for, is the best off, team in Class Three right now to win it all. Off, but the field Zach, is completely wide open. First off, Zach knows more about basketball than I do. I am completely going to say that right now, and I'm just giving him a little, just giving him a little razzing right now. If you gave me like a packet to to fill out of like for IA wrestle wrestling or for the predicament, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do well, it. Well, like, that, that is pretty hard ranking in individuals, though. So yeah, it's hard to rank in. Uh, but yeah, no, your 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 rankings are better than my rankings, no doubt. You had Clinton ranked. Clinton Central DeWitt ranked. The I was going to say, I, did I didn't have Clinton ranked. They haven't won a game all no. year. Yeah, yeah. Central DeWitt you had ranked before I did. And they, they pulled off a huge win after you had them ranked that week. So, so there. So, um, but Boyden Hall, yeah, picking up that big win. Um, this is after a 20 point victory against Unity. They barely got by Okaboji, who's sneaky sometimes. But yeah. They, they've only have one loss, and it's to MLC Floyd Valley, and they just avenged that loss. So, Boyden Hall, after making state last year, they lost some key components. And also, they only have one loss, and they got Tanner Tesaw, 17 points, Marcus Kelderman, 16 points, and Keaton Moser with 14 points. And this just seems like an offense that, in typical Boyden Hall fashion, is going to be hard to 
in, in typical Siouxland conference style, yeah. it's going to be hard to stop. So I, I was wondering, because they, they were, I'm, I got to remember who they missed from last year. And by that, I mean, I'm stalling until I get out of the quick stats. Oh, Bodie Young was the one they're missing. Bodie Young and Spencer Tislaw, especially Bodie Young. When they lost him, I was like, God, he's going to be hard to replace. And Spencer Tislaw had 139 rebounds. Bo had 136. And they did have Keaton Moser back, which I liked. But I didn't know what they'd have around him. And Tanner Tislaw and Marcus Kelderman, who averaged a whopping 3.3 points last year, scored 30 total points, is is their second-leading scorer. So, uh, in typical, what's in the water in Boyden Hall to make them very good basketball players? Uh, Marcus Kelderman who's averaging 16.6 after averaging 3.3 last That's year. That's unbelievable. The, no, it's not unbelievable because it's Siouxland, it's Siouxland Conference. It's not unbelievable. It's just what happens. It's just what happens. It's, the it's Conference. just what it's happens. Just what happens. <laughs> it's just what happens. Put that on a T-shirt, somebody. I mean, there's so many people are be like, what is he talking about? This is me growing up. Oh, this Siouxland team is still good? Sure. I believe it. How many did they replace? Sure. So yes, it's 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 Boyden. I mean, it, Kelderman was a, a sophomore last year, so he's probably on the bench. But he's five eleven and he's averaging sixteen points per game. So more power to you, Mister Kelderman. And Tanner Tesaw, like I, he he has, he has almost ten points per game. So two guys are averaging almost that are averaging twenty points more per game, and that is the difference for Boyden Hall this year. So watch out, Boyden Hall. Watch out. Um, to a Boyden Hall's back, and they were gone for all of 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah. And when I was growing up, Boyden Hall was uh, was right there at the top. I remember yep. the old Forge title game. Keith Seastrup shot t- shot the game with championship winning shot over Levi Ferguson. I was there at the point, and it was snowing hard that night too. And I was with my mom and my aunt. We went to that game and uh, sat on the baseline and. Saw so Keith Seastra. Shout out. Hi, Seastra, by the way. Uh, my former high school business teacher. But, uh, but, but yeah, Boyne Hall has a rich history of basketball, and it's good to see I them mean, continuing that on. We all know the line from Wedding Crashers. Maryland, crab cakes and football. It's what we do. Boyden Hall, pizza ranch and basketball. Yeah. It's what we do. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it is, because that is where Pizza Ranch was founded. founded. In Hall, Iowa. Bless there you, you Hall, Iowa. Bless you, Hall, Iowa, for inventing pizza ranch. Now I so, want some pizza and chicken. Uh, oh, yes. Oh, oh, so good. I'm fat. You know I love it. I've worked at Pizza Ranch for four years. We all know I'm fat. Oh, really? Oh, so. well, there you go. Yeah, in Rock Rabbits. Yep, that's where I worked at in high school. So, there yes. you go. And Kirk yep. Cousins is, is the face of Pizza Ranch <laughs> in the commercial. You're yes, my dad, my, my dad and I joke about that many, many times. So we have mentioned this very many times about Kirk Cousins being in Pizza Ranch commercials. So, yeah. It's many a Midwest times. thing. It's a Midwest thing. No question about that. So, yeah. You're listening to the SEJ Preps podcast here on SeaCityJournal.com. Thanks for listening. Uh, as we transition over to the girl side now, I'm Zach James alongside Justin West. And Justin, the girl side is just as competitive as well. Let's head back to the Metro and talk about Bishop Heelan, who did drop to third in Thursday's IGSHAU Class 3A rankings down to number three. And but, then immediately and picked they won. up a huge win. And they win. 
and they beat Abraham Lincoln as the number three team in the state, beating number 14, I believe, Abraham Lincoln in 5A. So not only is that a huge win just on the just on paper, but that's a huge win in playoff points too because that's a 3A team beating a 5A team. Granted, it's in conference, so Lincoln couldn't do anything about it in terms of scheduling, but but it was good to see the Crusaders bounce back from a from – I don't want to say a bad loss at Casinos, but I, doing cool shit. I can but just Ma- see the Ma- Mason City, in his Ma- eyes. Yeah, Mason, based on the quotes from your story from Darren Coolstra, Mason City had him figured out, and Darren Coolstra was not happy about it. And if there's one thing I don't want to go against in the next game, it's Darren Coolstra's game plan after he feels he may have been out coached. Because it doesn't happen often. Um, no. I mean, I, me- I remember uh, the team they beat at State last year, being like, we could prepare for that defense. Oh my gosh. It was just, it was just kind of funny. And, you know, so, and, and how are they winning again? Defense holding, mm-hmm. holding Lincoln to a whopping 38 points, holding Sergeant Bluff to 46 points. But yeah, so they did it with defense again. And I don't know, holding, holding Lincoln to six points in the second quarter. It's a pretty good task right there. Yeah, especially, it is. especially when it's a team that, that just got east. Oops, excuse me, that just got east. So, I don't know. I, I think this is a very good this is a very good one by Helan. And I think, you know, maybe Darren Colstro is right. It's better for them not to be number one and, and it only it only adds to it. And I, I should say right away they do have East on Monday, so they have another tough game right away. Then Unity. And then uh Spirit Lake on Saturday if that game gets played. Spirit Lake is a five hundred team. They're dangerous, but I'll be interested to see how Spirit Lake does against Helen if that game happens. What are you looking um, at the forecast and looking a week ahead into into the forecast? Is there another snowstorm no, coming? Is, I don't know about this. Is this is this Saturday? Oh, oh this it's, Saturday. Yes. Okay, this Saturday. Yes. Okay, I this see what Saturday. You're now. So they've got Spirit Lake, and they've got East, and they've got Unity, and those could be you know those are three decent games there. Then and they got a little drop off there, but yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see how this next stretch goes. Cause this is one of their toughest stretches of the season. So it is. It is, and and and. I talk about it tongue and cheek in my story on Saturday and cool and I did um, on Saturday too, but I think the Crusaders honestly do play better without that number one. They're ranking. Owen, they're Owen three as a number one team. Yep. Year. Yeah. So, <laughs> so maybe, so maybe there, the Crusaders and, and maybe the media full disclosure, the media doesn't vote on girls rankings and I wish they did because I think it would be a heck of a lot of fun too, but maybe these, the voters will see this win against Lincoln. And maybe put the Crusaders back in number one because I think they do beat East on Monday. So maybe maybe the Crusaders jump back to number one next week with this win against Lincoln and maybe against East, who has been ranked this year. But I, I think the girls do feel less pressure being number one. As silly as it sounds, I think it's absolutely true. Yeah, I do too. I think I think there's something to it. And so maybe in their heads or something, I don't know, but um, and it's not like they're losing to anyone. They lost to Lewis Central East True. and Mason City, all ranked teams. So all teams that have been ranked or or are are ranked. So um, it'll be see what they. It'll be nice to see what they do against East on Monday in a game that they they gave up that East game the first time around. East had a huge comeback. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what they do this time around against against a team that scored fifty nine against them. So that'll be interesting there. And then speaking of East, yes, I'm I I I I can't figure them out. You, no, you I mean, saw the night, and it seems I've like I've seen him three times, and I, I, I don't know yeah. about this team. It seems like Brian Drent and Nia Deal are both frustrated because it seems like this team doesn't know what it is yet, 
and it's too deep into the season for them not to know what they are. And it sounds like the Christmas break played a little bit of, of, of a role in that. And, and I do agree it plays in a little bit of a role. And going back to the boys for a second, Ross Vanderloo talks about this too, how the boy, how Christmas break took the, the boys' team out of sync. I think it is a thing that teams go through through the holiday break going 17, 18 days without a game. Granted, yes, they do get a scrimmage, but but it doesn't it doesn't match the intensity of a, of a real game. But, uh, yeah, the girls are absolutely frustrated right now. I could see it in Nia's face. I could hear it in her voice. And, and I do believe her when she says on Monday that, that the Black Raiders didn't prepare themselves properly for a game against Lincoln. And, yeah, they only lost by two, but Lincoln made it seem like it was a double-digit game throughout the night. Yeah, and, it, games, and it was, wasn't it? And pretty much, yeah, it was until the fourth quarter. So the adage is the game was closer than the score seemed. That's the opposite. This game was farther than the score seemed. And, and no insult to East at all. I'm not trying to anyway. But, no, it was, it, it, was, it was clear that the Coach Drett and, and, and Nia do were, were very frustrated by the game based mm-hmm. on your story. I mean, I, I could get that alone. No, they were. I, I could completely tell from the quotes you had from Nyan and, and from Brian Trent. So, I, I yeah. So, and But I don't want to say this is a must-win game for East, but it kind of is in the sense that they want to stay in the Merak race. But, but in the grand scheme of things, as we head towards the end of January and early February, and we get, we get to see what pairings are going to look like here, I... For a confidence thing, yeah, it's a must-win. But I think as we get down closer to the schedule, I think the games that East can win, I think they need to win. And yeah, that sounds basic on the on the surface, but for a team that is frustrated right now, you need to win the games you need to win. And that's I think is the biggest concern for East right now. Yeah, they need to get something right because they have healing now, but they're tough stretches at the end of the year. They've got Lewis Central on February. Uh, toughest stretches in February. They've got Lewis Central on the first, then Sergeant Bluff. Yep. I expect to be a tougher team. Well, we'll see what Sergeant Bluff team shows up there. Let's put it that way. True. Then they've got then they're at Lincoln, Lincoln again. Then they got Lamar's who's struggling. Then they have Sioux Falls O'Gorman. I believe Sioux Falls O'Gorman has a girl that's going to uh, SDSU. So, and when I say O'Gorman, people, I'm not talking <laughs> about the uh, field house coming to East. Gosh, <laughs> just that, just I'm just. Someday I'll get over that. Someday Would you like I'll, to spell on that for a couple of seconds? What? No, I don't want okay. to piss someone off. All right, fair enough. For once, I don't want to piss someone off. <laughs> right, we we have reached um, the Justin Rust uh, after dark here for uh, the <laughs> podcast because I am off the rails tonight, folks. See what we got when you get me talking basketball, I lose all seriousness like football. So, unlike football. So, O'Gorman is 8-0 on the season. So, yeah, they've been – I think they're the number one ranked girls team. Um, I The South Dakota poll doesn't come out as frequently. So, I think O'Gorman's been having a very good year, okay, plain and simple. And so, you, you have three games against three tough teams in, in the month of February in a 13-day stretch. So, that's their toughest part. So, it's not a must-win on Monday. No, I don't think get, so either. They need to be right for that stretch in February because then you go right into the postseason. And that will go a long way – you know, that Lewis Central game is going to go a long way in determining their seeding. So, we'll see what happens here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Western Christian is the next team that we've got down on the docket here. So, we're going back to Hall in the land of Pizza Ranch. Um, 
in that aspect. Like we said, what does Hull do? Basketball Pete, and pizza Pete. ranch. And um, Western Christian lost to Sioux City East and Tyson Event Center, 44-28, which is one reason I can't figure out East. That's like Actually, that game was at East, remember, because everything yes, was backed Yeah, they, up. Got that move that, they backed that up, so that game got to East. They do have a win against Unity, which entered the rankings this week. They got that win tonight, 54-48, and that seemed like a huge bounce-back win for, for Western Christian right there. Uh, after being held to 28 points, getting a win against a, a Unity Christian team that came in 15th uh, and and, and – in that aspects, I guess I haven't seen the stats from there. Did we get the stats from that one tonight from Unity? Yes, we did. I think I have it in my notes from Thursday. So, my question is what they did against the Schoonhovens, because the Schoonhovens are just such a real – Janie and Gracie Schoonhoven, holy cow. Talk about a combination right there. Those two have been very good this season. Yep, I've got the notes right here. So, Weston went at 16-13 at the end of the first and then kind of – and went on a 19-5 run in the second yeah. quarter to kind of distance themselves. Ali Postman had 13 points. Madison Vitz had 11. And McCain Van Hall also had 11 for the Wolfpack. And for the Knights, Janie Schoonhoven had 17 points. And Emma Biker had 15 points for see, Unity they, they, Christian. It's good to see Emma do that. But it also is very good to see them shut down. Great, If they're going to do this, it's very good to see them shut down. Gracie Schoonhoven, because she's been the clear-cut number two for that Unity team. Yep. So that's a really good job by Western Christian's defense. And once again, you just mentioned the stats. It was Allie Postma this time around let, with Madison Viss and McKay Van Hull. And it's just such a well-rounded offensive attack. You're, you're only scoring double figures on the season. Olivia Grandstra doesn't score double figures, but Allie Postma gets points. That's 9.3. Madison Viss, 8. And... <laughs> McKay Van Hall seven point nine, and they've all contributed on the offense end. So you don't need a you don't they don't have that one score you can stop. They, it's kind of like volleyball. You didn't have one attacker. If you stop McKay <laughs> Van true. Hall, Tori Winia would come over and put one down. If you tried to stop Tori Winia, then McKay would. Or if you shut down both of them, then all of a sudden here's Al, um, I believe it was Ali Postma. I'm getting the twins confused in my head. So I'm you, one of the Postmas put one down on it's you. It's been a while since volleyball. Yeah, or you had another middle step up. You know they're, they're it's just the same way as basketball. They have a number of people that can step up and score, even though they are only shooting 36.2%. They got a number of people that can score, and they have very good defense. They've got 121 steals on the season. Their defense, they're they're going to predicate themselves on defense, and they've got enough people that can score enough to, to beat you. So um, they got this one against Unity, and if I hit the back button here, uh, I can get the rushers. <laughs> They're at. They're supposed to be at Spirit Lake tomorrow night. That's that's probably not gonna happen. But Esterville Lincoln, yeah, Esterville Lincoln Central on Tuesday is another key game for them. They lost Esterville Lincoln Central by two points earlier in the season. So I want to see what they do against Esterville Lincoln Central. See where they kind of stack up here. Are they a middle of the pack two A team or are they a really good two A team? Middle of the pack. I, I I'm sorry. Middle of the pack in the rankings or do they go into that spot from that top nine, top eight, and get into the into a top five area, which to me well, is like key, we talked about, key again. Yeah. Like we talked, yeah, like we talked about last week too. Getting a top eight seed is important for a girls' yes. team, and 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 Western needs to stay above water. And if, if they keep on the path here and and go on a little bit of a winning streak, like I think they will over the next few nights, I think they'll definitely stay above that eight that eighth seed. But maybe they'll jump up to. Above maybe a Van Buren County, West Branch, maybe not MFL Mormack because they've had a really good season and a half. 
in the last couple of years. But but I, I think it really is important for teams, for all of our ranked teams in the area, to stay above water. Now, will Unity, after this loss, I don't know, maybe they'll drop out of the rankings altogether, and Okaboji's right there on water, too, at ninth. So I, I think it really is important for teams to start thinking about that ranking and, and staying above that one, staying in that number one to number eight range so you do have a better path to make it to Des Moines. I will say this side of the state's a little lighter on the 2A side than that because um, I say that because uh, Esterville Lincoln Central's in 3A now and Unity jumped up to 3A this year. So that's quite mm-hmm. a factor in it too. Okaboji's in 3A. So that's kind of quite a factor too. And some of the 2A teams that were border 2A teams are now 3A teams. So that's quite a factor in it too, in, in the difference between 2A and 3A. Yeah, and you, that's a good point too because as I'm looking at these 2A rankings, I think Western Christian's the only one west of I-30, oh, Panorama is, I guess, but in Mount Areas, I guess. Emmitsburg. Emmitsburg too. But there are, there are way more Eastern Iowa teams, especially in that top eight, than there are in any in, in Western Iowa. Uh, I'll tell you this: there's a lot of Eastern Iowa schools that will say that. I'm sorry, a lot of Western Iowa schools that will say that uh, Emmitsburg's not exactly Northwest Iowa; it's more Central Iowa. I will say it's Northwest Iowa. I will say it is too. Area, but, yep, but yep. yeah. So, yep. But another team that is ranked very well in the rankings is New Fonda as they're ranked second behind Montezuma in Class 1A, New Fonda, 12-0. I got to see them play at the Sinos Classic over the weekend. Uh, they're, they're probably the best girls team we have in the area, bar none. And um, Ella Larson uh, no, does whatever she wants to do with the ball. Um, she can score from anywhere. Um, she's not the only one, though, New Fonda. New Fonda knows what it's doing. They're one of uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, about nine teams left unbeaten, uh, 13-0 on the season. Just a really solid team. Macy Seavers leading the team with 206 points on the season. Maggie Walker, uh, 171. Bailey Seavers, 134. And then I mentioned Ella Larson with 112, not even averaging double figures. So this is a really, really well-rounded team. And, And like you said, before we turned on the tape here, um, in Class 1A, it's, it's down to two teams for me, and it is between the Mon- Mustangs and, and Montezuma. Yeah, I mean, getting a 22-point win over Esterville-Lincoln Central is absolutely just dominating. Esterville-Lincoln Central was ranked, 12, was ranked 12th after the poll that came out today. They're a good team, and New Fonda just made them look like mincemeat. I mean, let, let, let's be honest here. They got 16 steals against Esterville-Lincoln Central, 18 assists. You know, that's uh, – I just love Dick Junger's emails because he's like, oh, we did we did well tonight. We shot the ball well. I'm like, understatement of the year, Dick. He is such <laughs> a good coach. Like, Dick Junger's is a very good coach. Barry will say the same thing. His, his lead that he sent to us, this was a good test for us. Esterville is very athletic and plays tremendous defense. Well, and he beat my 22. Not as, good, not as good as you, apparently. So – we were able to build a lead, and defensively, we did a great job of making things difficult for Esterville. Yes. Yes, you did. It was another night of balance scoring. We had a lot of kids step up and make plays. Yes. Yes, you did. It's just, it's exactly on point and also very simple for what he says. And I just feel that, you know, Dick pushes them pretty well, and he expects these kinds of games. And, oh, I, I and, bet he pushes them harder than what we think. Yeah. 
you 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 had it in your story about how he pushes them, and he's really pushed his scoop, and they really responded. He's got a lot of steals on the season, as they always do, and we're like, and people were probably like, man, they lost Olivia Larson. What are they going to do? And I just sat here. I looked at Barry last year. I'm like, they can repeat. I said, I'm like. They can repeat. They're going to be in the title game again. They're losing Olivia Larson. That's huge. And I'm saying they can repeat. He's like, yeah, they're going to be really good this year. And if, yeah. I mean, Terry Poe's seen them a, a good amount. So he knows this team. It's just they get steals. It leads to buckets. When they're, when they're in a half-court offense, they can hit three-pointers. So they can get to the hoop. And they can also hit the threes. They're, they're very tough to defend. And it's hard to play offense against their trapping style, which is why Olivia Larson's fit in so well at Morningside. Because Morningside yep. runs the same trapping defense, basically. And it's worked out pretty well. Uh, that's why Jamie Sale has 500 wins for Morningside, by the way. Um, so, yeah. So, it's just, it's just really impressive. And it's going to be interesting to see who tests them next. West Bend Mallard is, is as streaky as it gets. Four losses, five wins, two losses. Um, Storm Lake St. Mary's isn't that good. Uh, Southeast Valley is uh, mediocre. So Emmitsburg, Emmitsburg is decent. So Emmitsburg and South Central Calhoun are, are two of their toughest tests yet. The toughest um, tests will be in the regional final. The next toughest tests will be well, in the yes, regional yes, final. Yes, that'll be the re- that'll be the regional final. But you know it'll be interesting to see how Emmitsburg does against them in South Central uh, Calhoun. After that, you know Sioux Central. Is having a decent year with only four losses. So it's not like they're void of any tests, but I mean, they beat Western Christian by 10, and that's their closest game this season. They crushed Spirit Lake. They beat Cherokee by 44. Yes, Cherokee was missing two very good players in that game. I will say that. They beat Woodbury Central 77 to 38. I'm mentioning teams that don't have as many wins as Woodbury Central and doesn't have Maddie Paulson. And they beat Esterville by 22. So when I say test, I mean, like, this team's going to be there. Maybe knock on the doors, like, hey, we'll play a game. I mean, I'm, this, that's taking nothing away from those teams, to be honest. That's just how good New Alfond has been these last few years. So you just expect them to be in the regional final. You expect them to be at the state tournament. You expect them to compete for a title, and that's what they're doing again this year. Yeah. Which is, yeah. Which is awesome. So. Yeah, it is, it is extraordinary to see how well – New Fonda is playing so far, and like you said, the closest test has been Western Christian by 10, and, and I am a little serious when I say the next toughest test will be in the regional final. No, you're right. You're exactly right. And, and whether that's MMC or you or, New, or Kingsley Pearson, uh, that'll, that'll be yet to be seen, um, but... On that note, I think they will separate MMCRU, and I wonder if you're going to see Kingsley Pearson go over there, or maybe even a Council Bluff St. Alberts. Yeah, maybe. Um, and I am completely spitballing here, people. So and, and and the state won't like me saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. The state's going to absolutely protect New Fonda because they yes. absolutely want them in the state title game. Well, because... they've, they've earned it. I mean, especially what they've done at state. So, I mean, everyone wants Montezuma New Alfonda final. Yes, so. yes, yes, I do. Yes, I do. That would that would be a heck of a game. I don't know if you'd be interested in it. Do you, do you yeah. know either team well? I mean, well, I, I've, I've seen no fun once. I've seen them at <laughs> state tournaments, and I, I grew up in the other town that you mentioned. So, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and, and yeah, it, it is a race between Montezuma and New Fonda right now because Montezuma's, Montezuma beat number three North Mahaska by 16 in the third game of the season. They've beaten Limbo Sully by 30 when they've been ranked. They beat a Sigourney team, which I've 
think didn't deserve to be ranked, but they were ranked when they beat Sigourney 2 by more than 30. So neither team has really had a challenge so far this season. Montezuma's closest margin of, margin of win was that North Manhattan game with six. No, sorry, East Buchanan with 15. And that was at Coe. So Montezuma hasn't really had a challenge at all. The Atlas started out the season slow with Pella Christian in the first half and then beat Pella Christian by 33 on Thanksgiving Eve. But um, it's just unbelievable that both the top two teams have dominated the way they have so far this season. Yes, it is. And speaking of a team that was dominating, and then Zach completely jinxed him, and that is Okaboji. Sorry. Um, sorry, I, I, I'm just joking. Zach did not jinx you. But they lost to Boyden Hall last Friday. We should mention that. Uh, I will say at some point, some point, they haven't played since. They're supposed to play Sioux Center tomorrow night, but uh, Friday night's game got postponed. They already figured that out uh, today or yesterday. Um, they lost by one point to Boyden Hall. Um, so they did pick up that loss in the Siouxland Conference. And I was saying, I don't know if they get to the Siouxland Conference on skate. And my upbringing taught me correctly. So. You're listening to the SCJ Preps podcast here on SiouxCityJournal.com. Just wrapping things up here. As we, as before Justin and I get out of here, before the snow hits, uh, let's transfer over to uh, talk about some high school wrestling now. And Justin, you were able to cover a, a double duel for the first time this season. And you saw a pretty good one with Sergeant Bluff winning the Merak Duel title again on Thursday night. Uh, what did you see from that one? Um, just some really good dominating performances. As, as Clint Kudem said, he wants to see the team get better week by week, and I really feel they do. Every time I look at the results, I feel like they do get better, um, especially from the 113 all the way up to 170. They just seem to get better every week, and there's some really talented wrestlers there. Um, their problems with the upper weight classes, but you know if they can handle that, it'll be interesting. I, someone said tonight they're a better tournament team than a dual team. I do agree with that, but... They're getting better each duel. They are getting better each duel. You see Aiden Lambertson at 113 getting better each duel. You, you see Matthew Hayden. Uh, one of the first times I've seen a soccer goalie as a, as a, very, as a pretty good wrestler. So credit to that. That's, that, that's a first for me. And he, he's, he's getting better every week, too, at that 160 spot. Braden Barclay starting to really look like he's running into shape after, after dealing with an injury during football season. He's really looking better out there. He pushed Cody Wilmisher out there pretty well tonight. And that's a good wrestler from Helan. So Braden Barclay is rounding into shape there. So they're starting to get... Some more. We knew Blake Leby would be good. He's been very good. We knew Nate Curry would be good. He's been very good. We knew Jack Galco would be good. He's been excellent. And seeing him tonight, people ask me, how was he able to go up to 152? Well, if you see the muscle that kid has, that will answer that question 100%. He grew a couple inches, and he added muscle. He is stacked, folks. He is stacked. I'll throw out there, maybe a little Colton McChrystal in him out there, too. That's, that's his idol, too. He's a big Colton McChrystal fan. That's Sergeant Bluff kid. So they looked really good. I only got to see Jack once because the other one was a forfeit. So I'll see him more later in the year. Um, he, he's such an impressive kid. He's just so technically sound. And these kids listen to everything Clint Kudem says. They're so coachable. And I, I mentioned to someone tonight, I said, I love hearing Clint Kudem out there because – Every time he yells something out there during a match, it's exactly what the kid needs to do. And I said this last year, too. And it's exactly what the kid does. That's how coachable – usually what they do, I should say. Usually what they do. 
So they, they've got a lot of talented wrestlers, a lot of smart wrestlers along, a lot of strong wrestlers, kids that are putting in the extra time. I'm very impressed by this group. I didn't know what to expect out of this season, and they're doing better than I thought, and that's a credit to Clint Kudem right there and his coaching and pushing these kids and them knowing what they need to do. I'm really looking to see what for, looking forward to see what, how deep some of these Southern Bluff kids go in the postseason. How can this team uh, – why is this team more of a tournament team than a dual team, I guess? Just because you have the forfeit at 106. That's six automatic points you're giving up. They have no one at 106. The upper weight class is, you know, 220, uh, 180, I'm sorry, 195, 220, and 285 are problematic areas. That's the one place North got their win against Sergeant Bluff tonight was at the heavyweight. They won those because it was via forfeit against Helan tonight. So those are the ones that haven't been really producing many points during the, the, the tournaments or the duels. But, you know, if they get a, a lower spot, they're, they're still picking up a win here or there to get some points here. But those where they're picking up not as many points in the duels. So that's why it's the 106 giving up six points there. And then it's, it's those other ones. Because when you get into a tournament time, especially late season where you don't, you know, especially state, that 106 not having that doesn't matter as much because right. a lot of teams may not have that. So you, you want to get as many state, and this team could get seven kids to state, eight kids. I think they can get seven kids to state right now. Aiden Lambertson's on the fence. 120, 126, 132, 138, 145, 152, 160. I'm sorry, 170. That's seven right there, and there's an outside chance of Matthew Hayden there, so I could be there. So I'm. those are the ones I know for sure. 120, 126, 132, 138, 145, 152, and 170. That's seven kids right there. They're, I think they get seven kids to state with the possibility maybe Aiden Lambertson pulls something out. Maybe Braden Barclay pulls something out at 182. And maybe Matthew pulls something at 160. So that's why. I think when it comes down to it, those are the ones that are really, when you bring those, that, those abs up, because, you know, those bonus points, Jack's, Jack's getting in tournaments, you know, uh, that, that Blake's getting in tournaments, that, Corey Bates, that Nate Curry's getting at tournaments. Those bonus points really add up, too, and are very crucial in tournaments. What else did you notice out of that double duel in Sergeant Bluff High tonight? Um, well, Hewen is more, also more of a tournament team. They're more individual-based. They can't, it's not really coming together every night. It, it's not really always there. But Ethan DeLeon is a very talented freshman. I'm really looking forward to see what his future holds. He, he could make it to state this year. Uh, Jalove uh, Buchanan, a 106-pounder from Helan. He's got a lot of potential, too. He's very aggressive. He's, he wants to score, 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 and score, which when you're a freshman 106-pounder, that's not very common to see. You've got some good 106-pounders, but they're not, and he's very quick, too, so he's really good on his feet. So that, he was nice to see. Then you had Colby Walshmeyer. Look, does what he does. He's good on his feet. He's strong. He's a little shorter than what you'd see out of some 190 one, a 182 pounders, but he's good on his feet and he's strong and he's headstrong too. So you've got that. I didn't get to see Mitchell Joins tonight because he's injured with a shoulder injury. Um, I, I wish I could have seen him. He's having a good season. He'll be back in time for postseason, though. I was told told by Matt Pugh tonight. Um, also, and I should say that uh, De Leon knocked off Nick Walters, who is under the weather, but he still knocked off Nick Walters. Only his second loss of the season. Um, the McGowans have been decent this year too, especially Jacob McGowan. Nick Nick's been good, but Jacob's been been a rock for them. And, and Nick does have twenty four wins. So 
got some guys there, and I feel I'm missing some there too. But those have been kind of the guys that have been the rocks, have been that can score some points at, at, at a tournament. And like you said, there hasn't been much that's gone on this week, but plenty more to get into, especially weather permitting. There's a lot of good tournaments coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Lamar's on Saturday if it happens in OABCIG next week too. Yeah, the two-day OABCIG tournament. I'm very excited. Uh, Jeff Budlong has told me a lot about that tournament. I'm very excited. A two-day tournament. I'll get there for the second day. Sergeant Bluff is there. Don, I don't know if you got for for you wrestlers out there. This this team called Don Bosco has has a slight tradition of being awesome. <laughs> so Don Bosco will be there. So I want to see how Sergeant Bluff stacks up against that. Even though it doesn't matter because that's a one A team. So but I want to see how some of their kids match up there too. They'll be they'll bring a lot of ranked wrestlers. So how do their kids match up those lower weight classes? They're usually pretty strong in those lower weight classes. At Don Bosco too. Which is why they're just you know, they're flying around in football. So duh, they're flying around on the mat. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and, and I'll have to look see who else is there. There's some other sing- other individual talents there that I, I'd like to see at the OBCIG. Then we get to the Merak tournament on the 30th. Then there's a little bit of a lull, and then I should say a little bit of a lull. There's some stuff going on, but then you have you know the second weekend of February regionals. Our sectionals, and you got regionals, and you got states. So it'll be it'll be very interesting. And in in between that, you also have the regional duels. So yep. I'm I don't want to throw out too much about the regional duels right now because I'm still trying to figure out who goes where. We'll see in the next rankings. I'll i I've kind of have an idea in one A who's going where. I think Sergeant Bluff and Central Line George Little Rock go up to Emmitsburg for for two A. So I do think West Sioux does get a host in one A though. And we'll talk plenty more about the OEBCIG tournament next week's show. And obviously down the road, we'll talk a lot more wrestling as that season fires up. For more, check out SiouxCityJournal.com for stories, podcasts, videos, everything right there you, you want to know about the high school and collegiate scene in the Siouxland. Make sure to check out SiouxCityJournal.com. For Sports Editor Justin Rutz, this is Assistant Sports Editor Zach James. Thank you so much for listening. Stay st- Stay safe in the snowstorm, and we'll talk to you next week.